Praise God. Book of Hebrews said we have ministering spirits watching over the heirs of salvation. Amen. They all around us. Amen. They all around us. Praise God. All right. Second Timothy. Chapter 1. We're going to do a little more on this one. What you realize, you may not realize, is that the enemy, the devil, his greatest tool against you is fear. Fear is the opposite of faith. Fear works for the enemy like faith works for God. And so any time that he can use fear to cause you to do something, well then that's what he's going to do. He'll use fear to cause you to doubt God's word. And in this uh, day that we're living, this economy and, and the things that's going on in the, in the political realm, fear is just being magnified. If we don't do this, disaster is going to hit the earth. And if we don't do this, there's trouble's coming. And oh man, they, 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 they use fear like crazy. And trouble is, most people fall for it. But in uh, 2 Timothy, you could probably quote this, but let's read it. Chapter 1, verse 6 and 7. It says, Therefore I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. Okay, what gift is he talking about? The gift of God. What gift came from God? Yeah, what did he say though? What did he say? The Holy Spirit is a free gift from God. All right, stir up, stir up that Holy Spirit inside of you. And uh, he, in, in Jude, he said that we stir up our holy faith by praying in the Spirit. And it stirs our holy faith up. So, so therefore, the Spirit of God is what needs to be stirring with inside of us. Why? Because that will stir up the gifts of God, the, the, what Brother Sam preached on this week. Because the Spirit of God, they are the manifestation, or He is the administrator of all the gifts. So we stir Him up. See, uh, and then in verse 7 it says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind. Now, negative news reports of recession and this economic chaos are constantly broadcast through every and various media's outlets that we have. And they're there with the objective of planting fear of lack in your heart. They want you to be afraid that you will not have enough. But you don't have to allow fear to take root in your heart. Fear is contaminated faith and will create <clears throat> an access point for the enemy into your life. It will open the door for the enemy to come into your life and begin to wreak havoc upon you. Over, what do we do? Well, we overcome the fear-like 
by refusing to receive any words that contradict what God's Word says about provision. Now, in order to do that, you may have to turn the news off. You may not want to listen to all of that in order to try to make your decision on what you are going to do. You may want to turn it off and just say, I'm not going to be a part of what they're saying and I'm not going to let those words get in me. Everywhere you go, this is the words that you hear. The words that come across that TV, the words that come out of that radio station, the word that come across every politician's lips is talking about fear of lack. And you may not want to listen to that. You may want to do when, 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 what you will do. The Bible says that we are made overcomers by the word of our testimony and the blood of the Lamb. So what you say, and by what we say, by what we say is what we're going to be overcoming with. And, and if we don't join in with this disastrous plan that, that the politicians are, are trying to invoke into the United States, I believe, my friend, that God will take care of us. See, fear is a spirit that does not come from God. Fear is a spirit that does not come from God. God doesn't give you the spirit of fear. I've heard one preacher say, a little fear is wholesome. I mean, he's a big preacher too. He said it. And, and I'm, I'm thinking, well now, well, because I've explained at the beginning of this series about the fear of the Lord. It's the reverence of the Lord. It's not that you're afraid of God. You are reverencing God. You honor Him. You give Him honor and glory. You worship Him. You magnify Him. And, 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 and then, but the fear that the enemy is, is uh, bringing to you is a fear that is to contaminate the faith that you have. See, if you tolerate fear on any level, it will contaminate the faith that you have. Fear gives Satan access into your life. And fear and unbelief are tied together. Job said, this thing that I have so greatly feared has come upon me. In other words, that fear and that unbelief separated him from God. And when we allow fear to, to come into our life, it brings with it unbelief to the Word of God. We don't longer believe what the Word of God says. And listen, if you'll just, just, just use some common sense in this, in that the devil is not God's equal. The devil is not Jesus' equal. The devil is not the Holy Spirit's equal. Understand that. They are far greater. The, the devil is actually a created being. He was an angel named Lucifer. That God created him. And his only, only strength and powers is through fear. And people will allow, he's even lesser than you are. The Bible says that you can put him under your feet. So if you can put him under your feet... You're walking in victory, and he is in defeat. Yeah. Amen. So, so we, he allows us to be victorious over him, so the enemy actually has no power over you. Amen. 
The enemy, you know, I, I know people that are scared spitless of the devil. Amen. Uh, we used to, used to, one church we was in, we, we, we'd cast out devils. And uh, somebody would holler, get the children out of their sanctuary. Take them in the back room like them walls are going to stop something. Amen. Yeah, yeah, devil going to go through that wall. Right. Yeah, get them out of here. They don't need to see this. Man, they need to be casting out devils too. Amen. Amen. There's no age limit on casting out devils. But I'll tell you one devil that don't like to leave. Y'all ready? Some of y'all may want me to pray for you. Religious devils. Huh? Boy, he loves to hang around the church. And he'll usually, he'll usually come around and, and, and use old brother deacon or brother or sister, uh, yeah, long tongue or whatever. Yeah. And stir up a little something, you know. And he's not afraid to attack the pastor. He's not afraid to attack the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit will do something through the pastor, and he'll sneak around and, and begin to tell people, uh, I just don't think that was right. You know, that, that, I just don't believe that. I don't think that was right. And you can read it out of the Bible to him. All right, let me go a little further. I see y'all getting nervous. But fear and unbelief are tied together. And it's impossible to please God without faith. It's impossible to please God without faith. So if we are operating in fear and unbelief, then we are not pleasing to God. See there, okay, let me go over. Identify the areas in which you do not believe God's Word. All right, let me get down here with y'all now. Identify the areas in which you do not believe God's Word. Well, preacher, what are you talking about? Well, what's not working for you? Hmm? What's not working? Healing not working? Now, the Bible's just as clear as it can be about the Word of God healing people. Amen. Amen. 1 Peter 2 and 24, by his stripes we were healed. We're healed. Amen. So the Bible's very clear on us. So if healing's not working, well, we need to identify that, be honest with ourselves and identify that, that, that that's what we need to have faith in. We need to increase our faith in that part that's not working. Amen. Why then fear can get in because if you don't believe that God's healing is real, well then when you go to the doctor and he tells you the big C's there or, or something else is there, well then fear grips your heart. I might not live through this. But if faith is there, then it overcomes that fear that is trying to say that you're going to die. Instead, faith says you're going to live. I live and not die. Why? Through faith. Well, you've got to identify that. Identify if finances is not working for you, if prosperity is not working for you. Identify that. Don't, don't deny it. Identify it and then begin to do what is necessary to do to cause that to work for you. And it's on and on and on. Joy. You may not have any joy. Some of you don't. Amen? But the joy of the Lord is your strength. 
That's what he said. So if the Lord is there, then joy is there. He said, well, preacher, I just can't get over this. I can't get over that. You don't understand. When I was a little child, you know, uh, mama didn't breastfeed me long enough, and, and he caused me to have, have some kind of... <laughs> and I just can't get over it because she took me to a psychiatrist, and he told me that that was my problem, and now we're going to have to counsel through this to get over that. Well, let me tell you something. Rebuke that thing. Amen. Go get you a pacifier or something. Suck on it until you get victory. All right. But identify the problem. Identify the areas in which you do not believe God's Word. We think sometimes that just because we are Christians that we just automatically believe the Word of God. But people don't. I mean, they, some, some would like to. And the trouble with most people that sit on pews every Sunday is the preacher. Because the preacher don't tell them. Amen. And most people, the only the Bible they get is what the preacher gives them. They don't go home and read anything. I've told this before to you that, that if you were a, a Baptist and you went to a Baptist church, and you heard the Baptist minister, minister, then you would go home and read that Bible out of that ministry of that Baptist denomination. I mean, in what he said, you would, you would be looking for the Word of God to, to confirm it. If you were Pentecostal, you would go home and read the Bible according to what the Pentecostal preacher said. I mean, we, we, we all do that. I mean, I mean, we, if we're Baptists, we're going to find some unconditional eternal salvation here, and we're going to stick with it. Boy, that's what the preacher said. That's what we believe. We're Pentecostal. We're going to go home and, and say, man, I'm, it tells you right here you'll be talking in tongues, and, and we'll talk in tongues. We'll believe what, what out according to how we've been taught. But in the process of that, we lose part of the Word of God because it's never mentioned. Amen. We, we, folks, I'm telling you, the reality of healing is, is what God's Word manifests in our lives if we will allow it to. But so many times we believe the symptom that we got more than we believe the Word of God. We believe the disease. The disease talks to us. Amen. It talks to you. It talks to you when you get up in the morning. Oh, you're going to feel bad today. You're going to be sick today. You know how this thing is? You know what the doctor said? Don't you eat none of that. You'll throw up. You'll be sick. You won't be able to walk. You know, an empty billfold talks to you. Somebody said, money talks. One guy said, mine does. It says, bye-bye. <laughs> empty billfold. You don't think that empty billfold won't talk? Just open it up. I said, what you looking in here for? <laughs> you know nothing's in here. Amen. You can't, you can't have that. You don't have enough money to get that. Why, why are you even looking at it? Quit, quit looking at that. You can't afford that. You can't buy that. You don't have any money. And it talks to you like that. And then it said you'd have more money if you wouldn't pay tithes. Oh, and I get a moan. Oh. <laughs> You'd have more money if, if, if you wouldn't pay tithes. Amen. But you, you pay tithes, so you can't have this. 
All right? See, the primary fear that Satan wants you to receive is the fear that God's Word will not work in your life. The primary fear that he wants us to give you is that you will not believe the Word of God will work in your life. You know, I've prayed for people before and, and, and they'd, something would be going on and you'd bring up and you'd ask them a question, do you believe? Do you believe that God will do this? And a lot of times they would have some issue in their life. They, they did something bad. And, well, I don't know because I did this or I did that. Well, let's repent of it. We repent. Now, do you believe that God saved you and forgave you of that? Well, I don't know. Well, what did His Word say? Huh? His Word says if you confess your sins, He's just and faithful to forgive you. Amen. Amen. That's what He says. Well, then, I know, but we have a problem forgiving ourselves. See, we, we just feel like that God uh, didn't forgive us because we didn't forgive ourselves. But the Word of God, and God can't lie, Amen. Says that he forgave us of that sin. Right. Amen. And so therefore when we pray, we can pray believing. Amen. I mean, people come to receive prayer and, and they have uh, unforgiveness in their heart. Right. And you know, there's a lot of things that happen to people in this world today that causes them to have unforgiveness. That, that is not just simply saying, oh God, I forgive them and and. Come into my heart. There's more to it than that. I mean, did you really forgive them? Did you really, 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 did you really forgive them? And the best way to tell is let them come up to you. And the pastor say, hug your brother. <laughs> hug your sister. Amen. <laughs> it's, it's difficult. It, it, it takes prayer. It takes getting into the Word of God and settling it once and for all that that person is not going to rule your life anymore because you're going to forgive them of the, of the infliction that they put upon your soul. You're going to forgive them. It will not be easy. Maybe the hardest thing you ever do in your life. Amen. Because people can leave scars. And people can get scars. And the church needs to be a healing, not a condemner. Amen. We don't need to sit here and condemn people that's got scars. We need to heal them of those scars and ask God to come into their life. Amen. Now you can do it. You can overcome it. And, and some people, you know, most of the time, a lot of times, people hang on to the most minute little thing. Little minute something. That, that happened. And they remember that from, from, for the rest of their life. And that thing becomes so ingrained into their spirit that they don't even realize that they are holding uh, hard feelings against somebody because it's so minute. You know? When we was 12 years old, you know, he, he didn't have that candy bar with me and I'll never, I'll never share another candy bar with him. Yeah. I know that sounds silly, but that's just about the size of what happens when people don't forgive. Amen. We have to overcome the fear of lack in our life.
the fear of not having enough. So you recognize lack is an enemy and God will wipe it out. Lack, not enough, is an enemy. Not having enough is an enemy against you. And you need to get to the place where that you can really trust God and God will wipe it out. See, the Lord will cause, he said in Deuteronomy 28 and 7, the Lord will cause the enemies that rise against you to be smitten before your face. Now, this day and time, we don't have an army of soldiers in camp round about us fixing to come in and do something. But we do have the, the, the demon spirits of hell and the things that's in this world that's coming against our life. And the Bible says that God can make lack disappear right in front of your eyes. Right in front of your eyes. Sometimes it will be the most tiniest little thing that you do that will cause it to happen. doesn't have to be something big. It can be tiny. And God will wipe lack clean out of it. What, and, and what we have to learn to do is obedience. See, obedience to the Word of God. Obedience. Walk in the obedience of the Word of God. What's that? The unconditional love of God. Man, if the church could ever get a hold of the reality of the unconditional love of God. Amen. And learn how to walk in that. To see, we, we, we've majored on condemnation. We've majored on judgmentality of, that, of the people that, that come in. We judge people by the way they look, by what's happened in their past. By, by, by things that's going on in their, in their past. We judge them by that. I'll tell you what, when I was in sin, I did some things and I forgot them all now. I don't halfway been saved so long, I don't really remember a whole lot of that stuff back then days. And, uh, but, but I know there's some things back there that were very shameful, embarrassing, that uh, when the pastor asked me after I got saved, don't you want to? Jo- we want you to join the church because I was in Church of God, <clears throat> and that was a real big deal with them. You know, church membership. <clears throat> you had to toe this line. Sometimes I think that line was like that. But anyway, he said uh, we want you to join the church. I said, well, Pastor, I just don't feel like I'm ready. He said, Why? I said, I just think I need to get closer to God because it was a big deal to me. Amen. Everything was a big deal to me, man. I'm telling you, when God saved me. He surprised me so much by doing it because I didn't think he'd do it. I didn't think God would love me. Man, I had an issue with somebody loving me. I mean, when my wife told me she'd marry me, I almost fainted. I couldn't believe somebody like her would marry me. You know, the way I lived, the way I was raised, and, you know, we were raised in in extreme poverty and and, uh, all this kind of stuff and, and, and just, you know, tit for tat and we didn't know we was all that poor until after we got grown somebody told us we was and we didn't know we, we just lived happy you know we mama always took care of us never been to the table when there wasn't any food there never never had you know thing we you know we go to school and we wouldn't have anything to eat all day we didn't have mama would feed us breakfast but the rest of the day we didn't have any money to buy food with or take any food with us and when we got back home we'd eat and uh, but but you know we didn't think we thought that's the way everybody did but, but, you know, just being raised that way. Then, then I dropped out of high school, got me a job. My daddy, daddy was disabled, and he needed money for medicine and things like that. So I decided I, I needed to work and make some money to help him buy his medicines and things like that. So I did that. I used to carry out groceries up here at Pop Hammond's store. 
to make enough money on tips to, to give daddy enough money to get medicine with because he had heart problems. And back then they didn't have stents and all that kind of thing. You know, they just, they just, you just dwindled away and died. And uh, so I, I did that. And uh, so, you know, when I met Diane, uh, you know, that was the most beautiful thing I'd ever seen in my life. I mean, she, she messed me up. Y'all don't go tell her all this stuff now, though. And, and, and turn that CD off and all that kind of stuff. Anyway, but she messed me up, boy. And uh, we went together for nine months. I met her mother, met her father. And, uh, boy, I, you know, I, my vocabulary wasn't that well. And, uh, you know, I had to be really, really careful uh, around because they all went to church and everything. And the preacher was telling her, you don't want to marry him because, you know, he's a sinner and that, that marriage ain't never going to last. Well, we're going on 42 years. <laughs> and and he it won't never last and things like that. So I just I just could not believe that somebody like her would marry somebody like me. But she did. All right. Now that was the first and the only thing I have ever remembered loving. I mean really loving. You know, mom and dad you love, but but boy, I mean, I loved her. <laughs> Still do. Boy, she stole my heart and and I she didn't steal it, I just give it to her. Amen. But uh, anyway, we got married. And so, so the next 10 years was, was 10 years of, of uh, sin, bad sin uh, that I did and, and uh, different things. And, and it was just terrible. I had a terrible life. I wasn't providing for her at all the way that her mother and father provided for her. See, I think that when people get married, they ought not to go downhill. They ought to go up. I think that think we ought to be able to provide for our families. Don't get married if you can't provide. I mean, provide for them and give to them the best that you can give to them. And, and so, you know, we, 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 we knew how to have babies. We did that and got four of them. And, uh, you know, of course, I had more food, <laughs> more responsibility, more doctors, and all this kind of stuff. But then when, when I got, when she, she decided that this life, that's enough. That's enough. And she was thinking about leaving me. And uh, boy, when I finally come to grips with that, boy, that, that put fear in my heart. And I, I didn't want her going nowhere. And so she started going to church. She said, something's got to change. If this don't change me, well, I'm going back home to Mama. So she went to church, the little church of God up here, and uh, got in there in July, got saved. June, I think it was, she got saved. And... Uh, she asked me, she said, do you want to go to church with me? And, of course, I said, no, nah, I think I'll slide today. <laughs> going to prayer. People wild, boy. And uh, so she didn't say anything else. She just got the kids ready and left. And so I got sitting there at the house by myself. I said, well, I could be in church with her. And, you know, thinking about it, I said, man, this is no good, me being here by myself. I wonder what she's doing. Yeah, I wonder what they're doing up there. They're probably having a good time or something. Here I am sitting right here by myself. So next Sunday morning, I got on up and got ready. I said, let's go. And uh, we, got, we had church a couple times, and a good friend of mine, Everett Hadley, he come here for a while, and uh, he, he found out I could play the guitar a little bit, and he said his wife played piano. He said, why don't you all come over to the house, bring the guitar, and we'll... We'll start, we'll play and sing. Of course, the preacher didn't want me in the, up there on the stage because I was a sinner. <laughs> so we played guitar at his house, and they asked him, could I play? 
at the, at the church was, well, I really don't like for sinners to play. Well, I was the chief amongst them. And he said, uh, uh, and he's not a member of the church. Well, you couldn't be a member if you was a sinner. And, uh, and he's not a member of the church. I really don't like for non-members to play. And, uh, well, maybe we'll let him play if, if uh, he don't act like he's a Christian. Don't be a hypocrite. I thought, I don't even know how to act like a Christian. How do a Christian act? I had never been around one. And uh, so I started playing the guitar there a little bit. And boy, it got to go. And it's kind of funny because when you bring something in new, people really like it, you know. And uh, they didn't want me to sing now. Of course, I don't blame them. They didn't want me to sing, just play the guitar. And uh, so that went on a couple of weeks to around August 18th. And, but the whole time between there that I was sitting on that pew, that preacher kept telling me that God loved me. I done got way off my sermon. He kept telling me God loved me. And I'm, I always had this funny thing about God. I never could understand why people hollered at him. Huh? Yeah, I thought if anybody had perfect hearing, God did. Why have you got to holler? Well, I found out he wasn't nervous either. So, so you know. And uh, he kept saying, God loves you, God loves you, God loves you. So one day I was riding down the road in my old truck, and I said, God, I used to pray a lot when I was by myself, Diane didn't know it. I said, God, if you love me, if you love me, the preacher said you love me, you tell me. I don't want him talking to me no more. You tell me, and I'll believe you. And I'm making the long story a little short. There was a couple of people come in church from, from the next Sunday morning from Mobile. They were going to Florida on vacation. God told them to stop at the little church of God. It was right behind what we call the burger hut. There was a little... Uh, stand there where we used to go and get our hamburgers and drinks and stuff and little church of God just a little block building sitting there behind it and uh, no sign up or nothing and uh, they come in there and said God told us to come here today and so the preacher preached on boy he preached hell so hot you could feel the flames and everybody going to hell I'm, I ain't sure he off that yet but everybody going to hell and uh, he thought I was still going to hell when I left church of God but anyway they come in and give out a message in tongues and they interpret it. And it was just this. It said there's a man here that has been asking God to tell him that he loves him. God told us to come here today to tell that man God loves him. He said, sir, that's you. Pointed at me. So I went to the altar and gave my heart to God. Well, how I got, yeah, yeah, I think I know how I got here. The love of God, the love that God has for, is greater than the judgment of man. It's greater than the fear of the devil. It's the unconditional love that God loves you without measure. Amen. See, the plagues of this world shall not be upon you or destroy you. Exodus 12, 13, 14. Let me hurry on. 
The power of God is available to supply all your needs. Acts chapter 1 verse 8 says, says that uh, you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Power. Power for what? Power to, to overcome anything that's in your life. The power of God's available to supply all your need. That word power means it gives you the ability to have a good life. It gives you the ability to have a good life. Now, how many of you want a good life? Amen. Amen. You want a good life. Well, that, that's what God wants. He gives you the Holy Spirit. And with the Holy Spirit is power to have a good life. Why don't we rely upon Him? Why don't we depend upon Him? Why don't we say yes to Him and listen to Him and do what He says do? Because sometimes we, we just, we just uh, uh, absolutely work against what He's trying to do in our life. See, for 40 years, the Israelites, the Bible says they did not lack anything in the wilderness. They wandered around out there in Deuteronomy 2 and 7. They lacked nothing. God supplied their every need. Amen. He give them bread every day. When they got to complaining, Lord, we'd like to have a little meat with this bread. Well, he, brought, he sent doves over them, and when they got over them, they dropped down. They had meat. They had, they had water out of a rock. Amen. God supplied. There was a cloud by day that would lead them and a fire by night that would comfort them, which was the Holy Spirit. See, Jesus told his disciples to go on a journey and take nothing with them in Luke chapter 9. The disciples liked nothing while on their journey. Luke 30, uh, 22, 35. He said, go on your journey, but don't take a bag, don't take a script, don't take anything. Don't take any money, don't take any food, just go. And they left, and then, in, then again he asked them in Luke 22, he said, did you, did you have need for anything? They said, no, master, we had need for nothing. We had everything we needed. He said we had all the, all the food we needed. We had all the water we needed. We had everything we needed. Why? Because God, Jesus had sent them on a journey. Jesus has sent us on a journey. Amen. He said I'll supply all of your needs according to my riches and glory. Glory to God. All your needs. Amen. So what do we do? We, we walk honorably toward others and you'll lack nothing. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 12. Amen. That's a powerful, powerful scripture. It says if you walk honorably toward others, then you will, you'll lack nothing. You know, let me say this. Honorably to others. What does that mean? Honor. Okay, you don't lie. <laughs> oh, Jesus, help me. Don't lie. If you did it, be man enough to say I did it. Amen. Amen. Boy, I could just say some things now, but... Honorably, pay your debts. Pay your debts. Amen. Psalms 34.10, If you seek the Lord, you will not lack any beneficial thing. 
If you seek the Lord, what do we seek God for most of the time? Things. Things. People just praying for things. God, I need a new house, need a new car, need a new wife, need a new husband. Things. Come on, church. What are we supposed to pray for? That God will send laborers into the harvest. That's what we're supposed to pray for. Send laborers, send people into the harvest to bring people in. All right. I'm almost there. I see some of y'all ready to go home. I was in one church. If they got through before you did, they'd leave. Amen. Hosea 4 and 6. God says people are destroyed or cut off because they lack knowledge. They have a lack of knowledge. You don't have to. You don't have to have a lack of knowledge. Why? Knowledge is a gift. Through the Holy Spirit. Seven tribes in Joshua 18 and 2 did not receive their inheritance because they were slow to believe and receive. They, they, They would not do what Joshua told them to do. They didn't believe that Joshua had heard from God. And they did not receive their inheritance. To be slack is to be slow to move. Inactive, lazy, dull of perception, and slow to believe. To be slack is to be slow to move, inactive, lazy, dull of perception, and slow to believe. If you do not deal with your unbelief, you will not receive God's best. You're going to have to deal with your unbelief. How do you do that? With the Word of God. What is it that you don't believe? What is the Word of God that you don't believe? Well, you need to deal with it. And you need to meditate it. You need to read the Word of God. You need to meditate it and chew on it and chew on it. See, that word meditation comes from a Greek word. And they, they use the illustration as a cow that chews a good. You know, old cow chews something, he'll swallow it. She would. And then later on, bring it back up, chew it some more, swallow. Later on, bring it back up, chew some more, swallow. Talk, talking about a could. Well, what she's doing is getting all the nutrients, all the minerals, everything out of that food that she ate. So when we meditate on the Word of God, we need to meditate until we get everything out of that Word we can possibly get. Meditate, study it, talk it, reveal it, minister it, until we get that Word believing in our heart. It could mean the difference of life and death. It could mean the difference between being broke and being a millionaire. Some of you may have millionaire status upon you. If you'd obey what God says, you'll get it. Amen. But see, people don't, they don't believe that they can be a millionaire. I'm going for a billionaire. I don't skip that millionaire stuff. I want to be a billionaire. Amen. Amen. I don't, I don't know if I live long enough to be a trillionaire if it took Jesus and Every day spending that money. I could spend a million dollars a day. Yeah. I could spend a million dollars a day. I'd give some to India. She's looking at me like I couldn't spend it. I'd give you a million. 
That'd be one million gone. Amen. Amen. All right, let's stand. Father God, we love and praise and worship you and magnify your name. We thank you, Jesus, for your divine love, your divine grace, your mercy, and all that you have done for us. We give you praise and glory. Lord, we stand upon the word of God. And Lord, we stand here believing today that this word has touched the hearts and the lives of the people that are in this building. We just pray, God, that they become strong, they become victorious, and there'll be no fear in their life over lack. That they'll understand that you supply all their needs according to your riches and glory. That whatever they give will be returned to them 30, 60, 100 fold. That they can work that. And whatsoever a man would sow, that shall he also reap, God. So you told us if we sow good, we'll reap good. And Father, I just believe with all of my heart there's people here today that have been living in this fear and that, God, they need a touch from you to set them free from this fear in Jesus' name. While your head is bowed and your eyes closed, will any of you be honest enough to say, yes, Pastor, I have had that fear of lack in my life. I've been afraid that I wouldn't have enough in my life. See, see, people have trouble being honest. Well, God, they don't want to raise their hand because afraid somebody's going to see it. You know, all you need to worry about is God seeing it. Amen. Thank you, Father. We just give you praise and glory in Jesus' name for all that you have done today. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, praise God. God bless you. Thank you so much for being here. We just pray that God will touch your life. Amen. Well, how many of you want to give Jesus a hug? Hug the one beside you. He's in there. Amen.